Support for Pivot comes from BetterHelp. How do you know when your social battery is running on empty? Maybe you get a little snippy with your friends or perhaps Scott Galloway. Or maybe you just fantasize about canceling plans, creating one excuse after. You're fantasizing about me? No, 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 never. You're fantasizing about me. Again? Again? Not once. Not once. I get it. I get it. I get it. I'm sorry. Go ahead. All right. Get off my ad right now. All right. Canceling plans, creating one excuse after another, why you have to stay in. I do that to Scott all the time. It's not easy to keep track of how much socializing is right for you. Therapy can help you build more awareness of what you need and when. BetterHelp offers affordable online therapy with licensed professionals. Scheduling is convenient and finding a therapist suited to your style is quick and easy. And we all know Scott Galloway needs therapy. Find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp. You can visit betterhelp.com slash pivot today. Get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash pivot. Hi, I'm Ben. I suffer from a condition called writer's block. It strikes when I'm at work. That's why I choose Canva Magic Write. It works fast, generating texts in seconds, thanks to AI. Common side effects include increased productivity, compliments from coworkers, feelings of satisfaction. Now I can say bye-bye to writer's block. Ask your boss if Canva Magirite is right for you at canva.com, designed for work. Hi, everyone. This is Pivot from New York Magazine and the Vox Media Podcast Network. I'm Kara Swisher, and I'm wearing Scott's clothes because I'm staying in his apartment in New York, and I didn't bring a sweater with me, and he kindly gave me one, and I'm never giving it back. Which means we're going steady. We're going steady. I'm wearing his very... His shirt is probably more expensive than my car at this point. What else did I do for the jungle cat who's staying in my he place did, he last night? He left chocolate on my pillow, which Come was on. very nice of him. It's the little things. I thought it was one of your staff. And then when you said it was you, I thought, oh, my God, did he lace it with something? That's my first thought as I was like, oh, shit. Are you feeling better it? about yourself in the world right now? That's all I, I have I always feel good about myself in the world. But that was nice. He had a chocolate. It was a Linder. He went really yeah, big. That's you know? right. And then he, I borrowed his shirt. We had a lovely chat last night as we watched cable television. This is nice. I'm glad to see you, Scott. It's really I'm nice glad to see you, Kara. Anyway, uh, speaking of Scott Gat, more Scott Galloway, what are you what are you fondling in your hand there? Uh, well, don't write. Oh, th- you mean the book? Excuse yes, me. Yes, the book. I'm uh, trying to yeah. help you sell your book. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the book is big. Um, anyways, the, uh, I have my book, Adrift: yeah. America and a Hundred Charts, and it's my attempt mm-hmm. to highlight some of the things at ALS, but uh, also to talk about uh, how much achievement has gotten us here and that there's absolutely nothing wrong with America that we that can't be fixed with what's right with it. And I try to tell the story of the narrative through um, narrative and charts. I'm fascinated by charts. I've always thought if you can, you know, we've been, we've had the alphabet for 1500 years, but we've been interpreting mm-hmm. images for tens of thousands. So a yeah. chart a picture can be absorbed mentally 60 to 70 times faster than words. So I'm trying to. Right. I'm so it's a book for graphic. Donald Trump. You wrote the book for it. That's right. Lots of, Lots of pictures. This is a beautiful coffee table book. And also, it's my fourth book in five years. Oh, really? Wow, you're amazing. I can't even finish one. Why do you call it a drift if it's anything that can fix with America? A drift feels not good. Well, that's right. I didn't say lost in America. I said adrift. I think that adrift. land is there. I think it's. I think we could absolutely get back to land, get back to being a place that loves the middle class, get back to yeah. a place that makes these huge forward-leaning investments in technology and loves the unremarkable. We just mm-hmm. And we can see land. We're just a little bit unmoored right now. I thought a lot about the title, mostly on edibles. Do you have a favorite chart? Uh, the chart that really has always hit me, kind of hit me in the gut is I mean, there's a few things. One, there's some data. 54% of Democrats are worried about their kid marrying a Republican, yeah. um, which I find ridiculous. Oh, hi. Nice to meet you. But go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Have you met Kara? My son Have you was met? dating someone, met someone, and she's from Texas. And I you literally first thought, yeah. oh, gosh. Oh, You're no. like, Texas and, or Austin? <laughs> Texas right, yeah, or no, Austin? Exactly. And I did. I did go through my mind. I was – look, if he wanted to marry, you know, someone who's conservative, that's fine or whatever, go out with someone. But I, it did go through my mind. But go ahead. Keep going. But the chart, the chart that really struck me, because I think a lot about young men, is that when you walk down the avenue that is America, a third of men under the age of 30 haven't had sex in over a year. And I think the elemental foundation of any society is relationships and that sex and physical intimacy are a key component of that. And while sex gets a bad name and people, their neurons fire a different way, I think we need more economically and emotionally viable men who can attract mates. And I don't know if you saw 
There's a chart that came out today that is just staggeringly disappointing, and that is marriage rates have been cut in half. And I'm not saying marriage is the only means to a productive relationship, but I Mm -hmm. worry that young people aren't establishing the most rewarding thing in life, and that is finding a partner to build a life with, build economic security with, and maybe even have kids with. The number of people going to church, joining the boy or the Girl Scouts, even saying hello to their neighbors. The number of kids Mm -hmm. that see their friends every day has been cut in half. We're a social species. We need to touch, smell, and feel each other. Uh, So I I think that's really worrisome. Yeah. And it also, young men especially, they need guardrails. They need somebody in their life, whether it's a girlfriend or someone else, saying, stop smoking dope during the week. Put on mm-hmm. a clean shirt. I find your success interesting and hopeful. I want you, you need to be more thoughtful and responsible about what it means to be in a relationship. You know, get a fucking job. I, I think young men need guardrails, and I think that well, relationships— Well, the only thing I would push back on is, like, well, why do we have to coddle young men? You know what I mean? Like, in terms of they need guardrails, but women don't get the same support kind of thing. Like, how do you think about that? Because I, yep. I understand that 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 a lot of these cultures that have way too many young men and they get radicalized, et cetera, it's always mm-hmm. men have the stuff we have to clean up after, really, is what you're saying. But that it's at some point there was I, I think about a lot when someone said, oh, you don't want to dress that way because men will do this. And I'm like, can they not control themselves? Like because women control themselves all the time. Right. In, in that way. Or or that they they manage rage better over time because they have to deal with it more. And so that that's the only thing I sort of like, oh, they need guardrails like this if there is some bumper car. I think it's fair. Women are as entitled to and in as much need of mentorship, maybe even more than men. It, it, biologically, men's prefrontal cortex does not develop as fast and they make really stupid decisions and they're more, much more risk aggressive. Men who are left alone are much more prone to find misogynistic content acceptable, not believe in climate change. And a lot of their behaviors, whether it's aggressiveness or inability to focus, mm-hmm. are not the kinds of behaviors that colleges welcome. And women from a very early age are more championed and get more mentorship in elementary and high school. 70 to 80% of elementary school teachers are women, and 7 to 10 high school valedictorians are girls. And get this, in the next five years, the ratio of women graduating from college to men is going to be two to one. So uh, I think there's a certain feeling that women are finally getting their due, and I think it's wonderful. And I'm not—I'm actually not a fan of affirmative action for men. I think we need a massive investment in young people generally. Mm-hmm. So the question is, what are we going to do? And my answer is, rather than politicize it and get into the long argument around the 400-year head start men have had and whether they really need affirmative mm-hmm. action— What we need to do is have more women, more people of color, and a lot more men in colleges. We need to dramatically expand freshman admission rates. We need to dramatically expand opportunities for vocational certification and stop fetishizing Mm -hmm. the traditional four-year degree. Well, adrift, adrift. We're going to find our way, Scott. But I'm happy your son has a girlfriend. I think it's great. Yes. Well, he's happy too. Anyway, today is some revealing testimony from tech execs on the Hill. Also a new milestone for Apple. But first, speaking of good men, uh, the founder of outdoor apparel company Patagonia, very soft fleece man, is giving away his $3 billion company to help fight climate crisis. Yvonne Chouinard and his family transferred ownership to a trust and a nonprofit organization created to fight climate change. Patagonia will continue to be a for-profit business. Profits that don't go back to the business will go to the nonprofit. The company's website now reads, Earth is our only shareholder. They've already done this over and over and over again, this group of, this company. I, I've interviewed the former C, the CEO who wasn't the owner. This guy controls everything. And they've always done sort of in-your-face thing, either by suing the Trump administration um, and been very clear with their customers. It's been a good brand attribute for them, but it's kind of an interesting, it's a very interesting company, I think. Yeah. And it's also a uniquely capitalist and a uniquely Western thing. Um, mm-hmm. uh, in Northern Europe and in the US, uh, families get very wealthy and then decide to turn their wealth into a social good. And that is pretty much unique just to uh, just a few countries in Europe and the US especially. Mm-hmm. A wonderful man, academic, Dr. Bose, who was an acoustical engineer at MIT mm-hmm. and started a company he called was, Bose. Yeah. Gave one he voting share my to my ex-wife. Just so you know. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. 
gave one voting share to his wife, uh, so she controls the company, but all other shares were given to MIT. So MIT gets 100 mm -hmm. or $200 million in free cash flow every year. There's a lot of companies in the U.S. that do this. Yeah. Uh, it's on brand for Patagonia. It's very on 100%. brand. And I, it's wonderful. And I think you'll see more companies, and it works for them, and it works for their people who use it. They do a lot of things like my son had a Patagonia jacket, and we sent it back, and they fixed it. Like it, was, it had a hole it's in a great it. Company. And one might have thrown it out, but it was... Five dollars, you know, yeah, Ella Bean does that, others do. But I think increasingly you're going to see people sort of lean into what their image is, what their brand is in a way that's very substantive rather than just PR. Anyway, mm -hmm. this will be interesting to see what happens. We'll see if others follow suit. Did you watch the Emmys? I didn't. I, I watched them on Twitter, I guess, you know, little yeah. pieces of them. Did you? Well, no, I didn't watch them, but I like you. The I numbers the... are down like crazy, like. Okay, get it. this. It's it's numbers were down twenty or thirty percent. But yeah. I just want to—I don't know who, what the committee is or the academy or who votes. Yeah, I loved their picks. I think yeah. they, they, the guy yeah. from Succession won. Jennifer yeah. Coolidge from White Lotus, who she has one of the best good. monologues. She's talking yeah. about. She gets a boyfriend and she starts freaking out. She's like, "When does he f get to the core and find out I'm an insecure and raging alcoholic? When does he get to the core?" <laughs> That's like one of the best. Mo and then, um, yeah, the Abbott Elementary group too was amazing. All the, oh the yeah, I had. thought their picks were just so spot on. Um, mm -hmm. The best, best series succession. You know, it was interesting because they because TV's never been better really in lots in, lo in tons of areas, which is interesting, including reality show, everything else. But the numbers are down. No one cares about these dumb awards show, which I think they're. I hate award shows. I hate all award stuff. Well, why watch um, it? You just read it the next morning. Yeah, why and I read it? clips, and that uh, you know the Coolidge clips, the people from Abbott Elementary, and I liked re seeing that, that they make them short. That's how I'd like to see the whole thing. But I think the whole thing is silly. And what was really interesting is. Warner Brothers Discovery cut 100 employees from their ad sales division after winning quite a lot. They're all going to cut Kara. It's over-invested, right? Yeah, I know. That's why. So pe people were like, oh, we won. Oh, goodbye. See you later. And and so did, by the way, Goldman Sachs cut jobs. Everyone's starting to really cut, which you had, let me just say, talked about quite a bit a couple months ago, this that everyone's going to cut. Everyone in streaming media is going to cut because you said there's mm -hmm. so much great TV on. It's even broader than that. I believe that in 100 years— you know, the defining art form of our generation is absolutely scripted television. Just based on resources, mm -hmm. think about how much money is going into modern art or sculpture mm -hmm. or painting oh, yeah. or music. We're all mm -hmm. talking, we're talking about hundreds of millions or maybe billions. Scripted billions, television, billions. somewhere yeah. between 120 and $240 billion. Yeah. I mean, yeah. every, every, not every drop of talent but any real anything that shows real inspiration gets a shot at scripted television right now. It is hoovering mm -hmm. up the creative forces from the four corners of the globe to go into scripted television. So again, a lot of people who work in it talk to me about thinking things not getting picked up, and a lot of people you'd think get picked up not getting picked up. I think there's definitely a contraction coming in terms of too much content. You know, oh, hundred percent. It's overinvested. It's just overinvested. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah. you talked about Goldman and JP Morgan. One of the wonderful things about the banking business is that they can dial up or dial down their expenses really easily because all of their expenses are compensation or specifically people. Mm -hmm. And that that business has been been on a kind of an incredible bull market run with the market. So it makes sense mm -hmm. that they're they're pairing and trimming. Yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting time. I mean, what what it'll be interesting, there was a good article in the Times today saying that like the job market is really strong and yet there's going to be contractions. Inflation is higher and yet it's not as higher as it was. It's kind of a weird adrift, speaking of adrift, economy. Go going on. Adrift by Scott Galloway. Thank you. Thank charts, you. charts, charts. It'll be easy to read, all you people. Um, right. And so it's a really interesting time. And I think we, a lot of people I think are smarter realizing it's coming, it's coming, it's coming, right? This recession is coming. It isn't here yet, though. So people feel good and are spending, but they're not spending too. Like, it's a really interesting moment in this history. And I think it does reflect in whether it's Hollywood, which really saw, especially in TV, saw sort of, you know, very fat times, essentially. And now, you know, even if they stopped right now, there's so much to watch. There's so much, there's mm -hmm. so much crazy amount. So we'll see where it goes. But it's an, it's definitely an interesting time. And speaking of people who've created a lot of content for these people, uh, Fire Festival founder Billy McFarland is officially free again and wants to work in tech. So just so you know, I've hired him to be my host. I'm firing you. Speaking of firing you, I'm kidding. <laughs> well, where did that come from? I'm teasing. Where did that I come just, from? I'm teasing. Oh, look at that. Look at you're already insecure. Like literally, I'm going to hire the guy from Fire Festival to replace you. 
Hold on, hold on. Let's talk about Insecure. Last night you texted me. I had the entire team. You got angry at me because I well, bailed out of our team dinner last night because I got a chance to go on with Stephanie Rule and, and prostitute yes. my book. And you're like, okay, this is bad. We need the team. And I'm like, Kara, yeah. I took the team out for dinner and drinks like three. I've seen the team at code I know. I know. more than I've seen my kids. And then you come back with, well, why wasn't I invited? No, I was not. And I just was so busy. you know, just so you know, it's that. because- that is such a lie. I did not say that. It's I'm step seven- and yeah. my 27-step plan to incrementally do a slow, creeping takeover, a pivot, and then have Roxanne Gay as my co-host. You're out. <laughs> I mean, you're literally like, why wasn't I invited? I don't know. Maybe because you were prepping for no. 80 interviews, including Tim Cook. I did not say, why wasn't I invited? Because you invited me. This is such a lie. Oh, daddy got a big suite, entertained some people. I know that. I'm saying I was doing the work, as women tend to do, and you were having- Doing the work. Yeah. The men were- we're enjoying the time. I'd We're all there years. just to entertain the Swishers. It's like, That's have true. you said hi to Lucky yet? <laughs> Where's Dr. Swisher? In any case, let's get to our first big story. A big week on the Hill for tech companies. TikTok's American CEO, Vanessa Pappas, testified for the Senate's Homeland Security Committee. It went a little rocky. Pappas fielded questions about the app's security and relationship with China. She said that TikTok never sent data to the Chinese Communist Party, promised the app would never cave to demands from the Chinese government, and confusingly said that ByteDance isn't headquartered in China because the company doesn't have headquarters. This It was not good. It was not a really particularly good showing for, and actually Josh Hawley really took her to town. Let me read from Casey Newton's email. Are there members of the Chinese Communist Party employed by TikTok uh, or ByteDance or no snarl? The insurrectionist Josh Hawley, uh, Missouri, who fashioned himself as an anti-tech crusader. Papa's answered that no person who makes strategic decision at the platform is a CCP member. But with respect to the rest of the app staff, she said the company does not vet employees based on their political affiliations. She noted the no other tech platform president at the hearing asked employees what political parties they belong to. And then Hawley said, would it surprise you to learn that Forbes magazine recently reported at least 300 current TikTok or ByteDance employees were members of the Chinese state media? Papas reiterated the company did not look at political affiliations of individuals. Visibly frustrated, Holly said, your company has a lot to hide. You're walking security nightmare, and for every American who uses this app, I'm concerned. Well, it's a very interesting thing because there's so many Chinese Communist Party members. It doesn't mean they're working for the government, but they kind, they are pressured in that way. It was not a good – It was it, the, the pressure on TikTok, is, as you have talked about, is really increasing. This is one of those moments where because I, I said it should be banned on TikTok and said mm-hmm. it at your conference – until it uh, becomes not part of China, correct? Is that that that's your feeling? The- well, I'll circle back to it. But mm-hmm. I've heard from three separate, fairly senior people at TikTok all saying, you know, they all do the same thing. You must get this every goddamn day. We want to update I you do. on our thinking. And yes, I and I'm always because conflicted. I'm not a journalist. I don't need to hear both sides. My problem is when I talk mm-hmm. to them, I get biased towards them because I like them. They're always nice people. And by the way, yeah, I know some people who've worked Vanessa, with Vanessa Pappas. Is it um, mm-hmm. the Pappas, CEO? Yeah. And they, they all universally say she's a wonderful person and manager. Former Google executive, very competent. Yeah. And everyone I know there, I think, is doing God's work to try and build a a healthy, uh, productive platform. Um, and she really, in my opinion, was poorly coached yesterday because, I mean, I had a couple of thoughts watching those videos. The first is I wish Josh Hawley was on our side. I think he's very good. Mm-hmm. I think he's very smart. Mm-hmm. But just some I, – I, and then he just goes up. Uh, anyways. to Harvard, but go ahead. He's a very impressive young man, and he has great presence. He's just uh, he just channels it towards just some crazy wrong things. But anyways, his question of her, she refused to answer the question directly, and all she needed to say was, like a lot of American corporations, we have a lot of people who work in China, including Apple, who, by the way, has more employees yeah, in China now that. than in America. And it would be yeah. impossible to state that any decent number of employees in China aren't affiliated with the Communist Party, just for the same way it would be impossible to say any American is not affiliated with the Democratic or Republican Party. Mm-hmm. And instead, she just danced around it and kept saying, we have secured. She came, it came across as so Zuckerbergian and Sandbergian, mm-hmm. just yeah, it was, or Cleggian. She's not like that either. And she just should have said, a hundred percent. I'm sure we have a lot of employees that we recognize this and we've put in place security measures to ensure the platform isn't weaponized mm-hmm. as many of the other platforms in America have been. 
This is getting right. very interesting, and I think I'd yeah, like to— she, she could have said, if she wanted to tweak Holly, she could have said, we're not checking to see who went to January 6th or maybe pumped his fist at them, you know, about the insurrection. She could have done a lot of things that were sort of tweaked him if she really wanted to go back at him. But she should have tweaked him. She should have, she, he's, he's also such a hypocrite that you could tweak him in a lot of ways. But she's obviously not going to pick a fight with him because he's— you know, She shouldn't have tweaked him. him. She should have tweaked the other platforms and said, we are committed yes. Yes. and have evidence yeah. that cements this notion that we are achieving the following. We aim to be the most productive, the least toxic platform in America. And, mm-hmm. uh, and point, we have never organized an insurrection. We take teen depression very, very seriously because here's the thing. I think they are doing their level best. It's just a question around one, can you can you have a company with their corporate structure? For example, they kept asking where she was headquartered. And she said, and this is my favorite, we have no headquarters. We're a distributed company. And I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ, what $1,200 an hour PR executive came up with that? They're, of course, headquartered in the Cayman Islands. By the way, I love this idea of a distributed company. It's a new it's class Singapore. of company called Disco. <laughs> I right, think it's called, I think it's in Singapore. But go well, ahead. they're yeah. furiously trying to say that. I mean, they'll wrap themselves in any flag right now, except one mm-hmm. that's red. But they could have. I think sh- if they were going to go on offense, they would say we have never had any organization of an insurrection on our platform. I mean, she could do. Right. She could say a lot. The question is, with their corporate structure, will they be able to put in mm-hmm. place an effective Chinese wall that satisfies security risks? And the other issue is. And it was talked about a lot about with Trump, but it isn't being talked about in the mm-hmm. context of these security concerns is just on a trade level, should a company like that have totally unfettered access to U.S. markets right. when we haven't had access yep. to Chinese markets? So, the, right. But the nuance in between, is there a way, a set of standards, a spin, a security protocols well, around data? They're doing that or with Oracle and others. And the Committee on Foreign Investment in the United States is conducting the security review of the app. And Pop has talked about that with the CFIUS review and that they're closer towards an agreement that will put these questions to rest. Although the question is, does does anything come to rest without the spinoff and a sale, essentially? Mm -hmm. Casey wrote a really good point is TikTok's task is impossible because to earn the senator's trust fully, it must prove the negative that China has never sought to use the app for influence operations or surveillance purposes, never will and never could. Even if they tried, the company swears up and down that nothing of sorts could ever take place. But the claims seem risible only if, because we know that what happens to Chinese executives when they resist government. You talked about this at Code. Reporters keep finding smoke around what might actually be fire, that Americans' data has been repeatedly accessed in China. ByteDance instructs staffers to promote pro-China content and it's now defunct news app called Top Buzz, and Chinese government inquired about joining TikTok to spread propaganda. Agreed. Even if there is all kinds of trouble at these American companies, and it's devastating, the fact that it's another government that could have this influence, even if it's not, you know, they keep saying it's not happening, but they do have to prove a negative. And it, but that it, it could happen is they've got to spin off. I don't know what they can do other than that, and I'm not sure China will allow that. And Pappas wasn't the only tech insider on the Hill this week. Twitter whistleblower Peter Mudge Zatko testified before the Senate this week. He expanded upon his earlier claims about lax security of the company. Let's listen to a clip. You can think of it this way, which is it doesn't matter who has keys if you don't have any locks on the doors. And this kind of vulnerability is not in the abstract. It's not far-fetched to say that employee inside the company could take over the accounts of all of the senators in this room. You know, I don't yeah. think it hit as big as, say, the TikTok one, this one. I don't think everyone was like, oh, my God, you're kidding. Tech companies are, are unsafe. Mudge said that Twitter had at least one Chinese spy on its payroll. And for good measure, he ripped into the FTC, saying that the agency was, quote, in over its head. No shit, Sherlock. And one big takeaway from the hearing was Senator Lindsey Graham says he's working with Elizabeth Warren to create a new regulator for big tech companies. That was interesting. But I don't know if he— um, I don't think it landed. I just don't think it landed because it comes off as two things. It comes off as a bit cooked, mm-hmm. the timing, just as Musk. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, I can't, it just feels like retribution against the CEO who fired him. Uh, the timing, mm-hmm. uh, the security. And they happen to be not a good job on security. This company doesn't. But well, when over 50% of true. your employees have access to account information, that means you don't have the right security protocols. Mm-hmm. But it, right. it would be argue in the, in the pushback I'm getting around my comments around TikTok is Scott, you're distracting from the important mm-hmm. conversation around privacy for all platforms. So I'm like, no, it's not a zero sum game. Mm-hmm. We can walk and chew gum at the mm-hmm. same time. 
But Twitter, I, I mean, this is what this is what we take away from all of this when we shift the lens back. Twitter comes out of this mm-hmm. process with a guy who who's it was his idea to do all this shit. Mm-hmm. They come out of this mm-hmm. deeply damaged because, and some yeah. of that damage is well deserved. A lack of security protocols. This uh, the bots. I think the bots are way more than five percent. But Elon knew that and has weaponized them to benefit his own stock price. Mm-hmm. But it comes out of this regardless, so deeply damaged. It either ends up with an owner that doesn't want to own it and employees who don't want to be owned by this guy, or it comes away just so wounded and distracted from this process. Yeah. And again, I've, I've always said this, in, unless it's his core uh, companies of SpaceX or uh, Tesla or the Boring Company, Musk brings volatility, not value. Whether it's talking about yeah. our elected representatives, whether it's talking about a cave diver, whether it's getting involved in other companies, whether it's promoting or pumping a cryptocurrency, it's I can bring volatility and attention to anything. So I will, because I have right. this weird need to be in the news every day. And then he leaves this shit damaged. It's very Trumpian, right? These people are yeah. not better off yeah. for having had contact with Elon. No. Uh, but uh, let me just say, Peter Zotko has a great rep- – this guy has a great reputation for this. But he sounds – someone was like, he sounds like every security guy ever about the companies they work for. Oh, no. You know, and, or every movie. You, he, you know, Alex Stamos did this at Facebook and he was correct and they did better job because they had more resources. One thing that you should get clear from this is if you think you're – Tech companies are secure. They're just not. 100%. They're just not. They're just not. And News you know, alert. I don't. I assume people are spying on my DMs on Twitter. I don't know, but I assume. I assume because they can, someone will. And I think about it that way. And I never think they're safe. I don't think they're safe in any way. And you know, he's pointing out somewhat of the obvious. That's why I don't think it landed. There was a piece by Ronan Farrow also about people looking for secrets about him. I, you know, it was apparently some research firms. It, it, it wasn't linked to Twitter. Oh, this happens right away. Yeah. Every time I filed a 13D and announced to the public mm-hmm. that I own more than 5% of a company and perhaps was going to mm-hmm. you know, advocate for change, i.e. change management of the board, they would hire Kroll and old work associates mm-hmm. and girlfriends would start getting calls from a company saying, mm-hmm. you're trying to find dirt on me. And I can't imagine right. the amount of dirt that they are trying to find on him, right? That's just part of the game. And it's really upsetting. It's really unseemly. And it happens everywhere. Mm-hmm. And the other thing, when he said that, there's one, there's a Chinese spy at Twitter and at least one Indian spy. Mm-hmm. That is absolutely wrong. There are dozens of people engaged in <laughs> corporate espionage at every at one of them. And mm-hmm. it, it, I would imagine. It, and we do the same to them and they do the same to us. By the way, there are Israeli spies. There, we have allies that have spies planted in these companies. Uh, and they view it as citizenship. The person, Katie Tour, my co-host while you were out. Katie, um, <laughs> I love Katie Tour, by the way. I love Katie Tour. Okay. Let's oh, my gosh. Smart, smart, nice, bold with her emotions. Anyways, she's much more in touch with her emotions than my current co-host. But anyways, right. she said something that I thought was really insightful. She said, the person doing espionage doesn't think they're conducting espionage. And I imagine right. a kid- it's Research. I imagine a kid who gets brought up in China and shows real potential, and she's amazing at math, and she's amazing at science, and gets scholarships and says, you know what? We're going to, if you'd like, um, send you to a Western college, and we're going to give you a, a scholarship. They stay in touch with her. They're supportive of her. Maybe even they help her family out, get good jobs. And then they say, you know what? We can help you get a job at Google. We know people there. And then they call her and say, we want to put you on a council to help- advise us on technology uh, technology policy. In the city. And slowly but surely, the ask become, well, you know what? We can put you on the AI team. Don't worry, we'll get you on the AI team because they have other people there. Mm-hmm. And then they start calling and saying, what is their approach to technology in the cloud around AI? And the ask get increasingly. And I got to be, if that were me, I would do it. Mm-hmm. If, if, yeah. if Why yeah. wouldn't they demonstrate the same loyalty and patriotism that a lot of wonderful Americans demonstrate overseas? Yeah, 100%. He also warned the instability of Twitter's back end to his initial complaint. One of Twitter's data centers in California because the extreme heat wave had to shut down. But some of it was like, no shit, Sherlock. Really? You're kidding. And, th- you know, when it's funny when, when regular people who don't know the inside just assume it and uh, – everyone's like, oh, like I remember saying, I'm sure it's like a sieve. And mm-hmm. I remember all these companies being a sieve. And 
they're like, oh, Kara. And I'm like, no, they're, they gotta be, they're, they are, they gotta be or whatever. And, and I don't know. I just don't think it hit as big as it, it, as the TikTok one. I thought that was much more interesting. All right, Scott, let's go on a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk about California's attorney general suing Amazon, a listener question about the change in the automotive industry you might've missed. That's coming up. Support for this show comes from Slack. You're a growing business and you can't afford to slow down. If anything, you could probably use a few more hours in the day. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Scott, we're back with our second big story. After 14 years on the market, the iPhone is finally the most popular smartphone in America. Remember when they were just a struggling little company? That's the first for the gadget. Traditionally, Android devices have eclipsed the market share in the U.S. That's still true around the world, obviously. Globally, Android devices make up 70% of the market. It's still huge around the world. But where the money is spent, it's, it is higher. iPhones haven't gotten any cheaper while there are plenty of affordable Androids. So t- talk to me. Is it the appeal of privacy? What do you think? What do you think? Uh, the whole world is bifurcated into Tiffany or Walmart. Uh, iOS or Android, um, you know, Emirates Airlines or EasyJet, uh, the best positioning mm-hmm. is either a luxury high-end positioning or a value yeah. positioning. It's either Toyota or Tesla. Not the muddy middle. It's The way we process information is zero and one. And from a consumer standpoint, mm-hmm. understanding the high-end and the low-end is just anything in the middle, a JCPenney's, a Sears. I remember this from retail. It's so hard to, to conduct the trade-off in your head it's just easier to go, you know what, I'm going to go to Walmart, and every once in a while, I'm going to go into uh, L, you know, Vuitton or Supreme. And mm-hmm. that's where all of retail and all of consumer has had. What's just so striking mm-hmm. about iOS, though, I think iOS basically says when you have an iPhone or you have AirPods, which are, in my view, the most successful piece of jewelry in history, I now wear them as ambient. I just have them in my ears all the time. And the AirPods. The AirPod Max, those headphones. Unbelievable. One of the most underhyped tech product of the last 10 years to, to Oculus being the most overhyped. But what you have with iOS mm-hmm. is it says to the world when you have an iPhone or AirPods in, I'm part of the billion wealthiest, uh, most aspirational, best storytelling people in the world. I'm part of the upper 14%. It immediately says that. And then they have created. They also just work a lot better. They just work. Android works pretty well. I mean, it does, but not like not as I elegant. Just, I, I use both. I, it just isn't. It's just it's it's. I, I sit there for a second. Um, uh, I have so many recollections of when they introduced it. Google people are like, well, it's obvious, and I'm like, no, it's not obvious. It's not obvious. Like there was the stacks they used to have, and I was using an AirPod Max headphones this week, and it just I just put them on, and it worked. Like it was just like I had no. I was thinking how the seamlessness of it was really interesting, and I sometimes don't like that word seamless or friction free, but it's more than that. It just works, and I think it's not. It's not that it's just a luxury product. It's that it's beautifully made and it works beautifully, and that's. I think people, if they can afford it and something they use every day, like an iPhone, that it's a critical, like a like a, a mobile phone, they want to afford the nicer one, right? The one that really works. Well, it's a signal. Your car in California growing up, your car was your biggest signal of, of your mating potential mm-hmm. as a dude. And then uh, as you get older, it's sort of your house or your clothes or where you work in terms of signaling mm-hmm. how aspirational you are. There's no easier way or more seamless way to signal your aspirational value than your phone. And credit card, American Express tapped into this uh, in terms of signaling mm-hmm. value. Sure, with the brand. But what people don't appreciate, everyone said that the biggest shoes to fill were going to be Steve Jobs. Uh, now, hands down, the biggest shoes to fill in the world professionally will be whoever has to try and replace Tim Cook. Because what has he done? Mm-hmm. He's taken this unbelievable device that has the billion wealthiest people on it, and he's seamlessly bridged into 
to payments. Apple Pay is fantastic. And to mm -hmm. music, Apple Music, music. is the fastest-growing service in the U.S., or was at least. It's not as good as Spotify, but it's really strong. They've streamed into, they've gone into media. They've gone, I mean, th and their services business. And beautifully. Yeah, Apple and their services business has a 70% margin rate. And by the way, I can get to Ted Lasso on my iPhone in two mm -hmm. clicks. It takes 17 to get to Stranger Things on Netflix. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure it's it's deliberate, but what he has accomplished, do you realize he has increased the market cap? He's tripled the revenue and increased the market yeah. cap of the company by like eightfold. I mean, it's just extraordinary what they've accomplished. Yeah, that's where it's going to get them into trouble where they cross this 50% mark. You know, regulators are preparing cases against them in the app store. And so that's where it's going to get into trouble for them. It is amazing if you've lived through it, how how much on the ropes this company was, and then it wasn't. It just isn't. I think one of the things they also, they they need to stop thinking of themselves that way. Like, oh, we're pirates. I'm like, you're not pirates. Oh, no. They're the Death Star. They've got yeah. a nice, yeah. it's a Death Star wrapped in cashmere, but they're the Death Star. They have to start thinking of themselves. This is not going to be good for them from a regulatory point of view. California's, by the way, Attorney General sued Amazon this week, accusing the company of uncompetitive behavior and its dealings with third-party merchants. This is their this is their thing, their wart. Uh, if successful, the AG could join a slew of international governments who have levied heavy fines on tech companies. South Korea, Ireland, and the EU have fined Meta and Google recently, sometimes for billions of dollars. I mean, it may be the cost of doing business, but you know, it's it's moving towards regulation. Even though Amy Klobuchar is getting getting kicked for doing a lot, of, not getting these things through, they may move to fines, you know, rather than the the, the more onerous thing of doing regulations. I suspect. I find that it's sort of a um, a consolation prize, and that is we don't have, we are so divided in government, mm -hmm. we have uh, such a lack of understanding or domain expertise around these very complicated issues to write elegant legislation that we just move to fines. And by the way, they don't fight us as hard on fines because the fines levied against Google are literally two hours of revenue. And I like these fines. The only thing that's missing from all of these fines is one thing. It's a mm -hmm. zero. They should add a zero to every fine. Well, they also are they're taking the court when they when they disagree with this stuff. That's the thing they can these fines can then go to court. But I would agree when when they paid that five billion dollars on that when they violated Facebook whatever thing they yeah Facebook did many years ago. I said add a zero. I said because it's a parking ticket. Not only add a zero, but part of the agreement in the fine was they are immediately mm -hmm. exonerated from any wrongdoing mm -hmm. up until that point. So at that time. Facebook had a $500 billion market cap. If someone showed up to the Swisher household and said, I'll write you an insurance policy that exonerates mm -hmm. you from all previous activity for 1% yeah. of your net worth, wouldn't you say that's the great, greatest umbrella insurance policy yep. in history? So yep. the FTC has turned into an insurance company as opposed to a regulator. Yeah, it'll be interesting because they can't get legislation passed. And this idea that Lindsey Graham and Elizabeth Warren about a national tech legis regulator, that should, be, that should be me, don't you think? A tech regulator? T-Reg? T-Reg. T-Rex. T-Reg. I'll call myself T-Reg. That would be good. No, I don't I don't think you'd be successful. I don't have any legal background whatsoever, government background whatsoever, so that makes me totally qualified for it. Anyway, we'll see what happens here. It's going to be a long, long process before any of these regulators get these tech companies into any kind of a prone position, I think. But we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah, actually, I think that's a certainty. Okay, Scott, let's pivot to a listener question. You've got, you've got, I can't believe I'm going to be a mailman. You, you, you've got mail. Hey, Karen Scott. My name's Rachel, and I'm calling from Los Angeles. Big fan over here. Incidentally, I've had erotic dreams about both of you. Separately, I should say. Anyway, I've got a softball question. I feel like we could all use something lightweight at the moment. And that is, why is no one talking about the Kia rebrand? And secondly, is Kia sexy now? Oh, my God. I'm so glad she didn't have it with both of us. <laughs> I literally heard nothing she said after erotic dreams. I like I don't I have no idea what she had. You have to take this. I'm so glad she said separately. I should say you have to take this. I can't believe this. Kia, of course, Kia is sexy. Kara Swisher drives a Kia Sorento. Oh of course, Kia is sexy. I was totally on to this. They are, I love my Kia. I love my friggin' Kia. I love it. I think it's sexy in its unsexiness. They did have a rebrand. They make a great car. They have a new logo they unveiled in early 2021, but drivers are seeing it for the first time. I have the old logo on my car, I believe. It dropped motors from its name. You know, they're pivoting to electric vehicles. I have a hybrid. And so, yes, yes. I don't know why no one's talking about it because I talk about my Kia all the time and no one pays attention. And and me in the Kia, you should have an erotic dream about that. 
That's all I have to say. Jesus Christ. I, I don't think I've ever been this not turned on in my life. <laughs> Kia. Literally, roll up in a Kia, throw down Discover card, and talk about how into magic you are. And I can guarantee you will never conceive another child. I'm doing great. She's having erotic dreams about us, Scott. I have a Kia. I just want to know what I'm wearing in her erotic dream. And do I need yeah. do I need ED medication in her dreams um, to live up to Likely. her standard? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Just tell her thank you. Just uh, would she like a signed book of a drift? <laughs> this literally has made my day. I think you're wow. naked reading a drift. That's what I think. Or yeah, well, you know, naked, naked, I look 56. <laughs> you look good. I have to say, Scott looks good. Thank you for saying that. Oh my God, I can say definitively, I've never had erotic dreams about you, Scott. I can definitively say that. Back to her question: Is Kia sexy? Uh, I would have to say. Let me think. No. <laughs> yes. No, it's yes. not sexy. He's wrong. Actually, there's a lot of news. Supposedly, Kias are really easy to um, steal. Are they? Oh, good um, to know. <laughs> did I tell you my car my car theft story? Back to me. Okay. So my first Halloween in New York, I dress up as Starship Commander Jean-Luc Picard. Okay. Huge crowd. Huge crowd pleaser. Okay. Huge crowd pleaser. Right. I get home. I'm totally fucked up at 2 a.m. Mm-hmm. I had just bought a brand new BMW 7 Series because I'm single and want to impress people. Mm-hmm. And I hear it start up. I'm on the second floor. I like to buy second floor apartments because that way mm-hmm. the fire and get you down do. the stairs. And mm-hmm. I like the view of the city. I know. You're, I was wondering why you're on the second floor. But go ahead. All right. Best view in the city is either the penthouse or the second floor, right. Kara. Okay. Plus, it's, it's, you always want to take the stairs. You don't never want to take elevators. I'm so worried about a fire. I can't even believe it. Go ahead. Anyway, so I hear my car start up, and I'm I'm like, and I look out the window, and I see someone who is not me in my brand new seven series. I go mm. running down with my phaser, right? And <laughs> this guy takes <laughs> off down 15th Street, and I start chasing him. You know, my testosterone takes over. Dressed like Jean Luc Picard, Starship Commander Jean Luc Picard is chasing mm. a BMW down. True story, 15th Street. He hits a red light. I catch up to him, and all this bullshit, stupid ideas. God, I start thinking, dumb. I. I I see one of those big steel trash cans in the corner, and mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm going to grab this thing, put it through the window. What? what are you, Charles Bronson? What? Well, no, I'm fucking stupid. Right. And then I, like, for a moment, have a moment of sanity, and I'm like, what if he has a gun? Yeah. And I just sat there, and I waited till the light turned green. This guy was freaking out in the car, and I just waved goodbye, and he took off. And uh, about nine months later, my car uh, was recovered. And you know what it obviously was? Mm-hmm. Right. BMW only gave me one key, and they said they couldn't find the second. Mm-hmm. These things are literally, I talked to a bunch of people at BMW, they're literally impossible to steal unless someone has one of those those keys. Mm-hmm. And so I called BMW and I said, you clearly have organized crime at one mm-hmm. of your dealerships. Mm-hmm. And anyways, I got into a big tiff with BMW. These are just literally the, the most privileged problems in the world. I know, this is rich people's problems. But I do like the image of Jean-Luc Picard in Ikea. That's what she should dream about in her dream. Hello, Star Trek. That's right. No, Come not over. you, Jean-Luc Picard. That's incredible. That's right. That's who they, you should dream uh, about. Anyway. Erotic dreams. I, I know. I can't erotic believe it. Dreams. Separately, I may add. That's what I like. Anyway, if you've got a question of your own you'd like answered, send it our way. Go to nymag.com slash pivot to submit a question for the show or call 855-51-PIVOT. All right, Scott, one more quick break. We'll be back for predictions. Support for Pivot comes from Hidden Layer. It seems like everywhere you look, industries are turning to generative AI. We talk about it a lot on this show. Businesses can generate more ideas, answers, connections, solutions, and momentum. But at the same time, security teams are forced to slow down that progress so they can make sure AI adoption is safe and responsible. Hidden Layer's AI detection and response platform secures generative AI and large language models from malicious attacks, leaking of confidential information, and intellectual property theft. Hidden Layer helps you generate more by enabling seamless, secure generative AI. Here's how it works. AI detection and response protects businesses from potential attacks by monitoring and analyzing the inputs and outputs of their generative AI applications, blocking harmful transactions and alerting security teams in real time, allowing organizations to accelerate their AI adoption with speed. Customers in finance, technology, healthcare, and even the U.S. Department of Defense trust Hidden Layer to protect their AI today. Plus, Hidden Layer was named Most Innovative Startup at RSA, the most significant cybersecurity conference in the nation. With Hidden Layer, go from pause to possibilities. Generate more with Hidden Layer. Visit hiddenlayer.com slash pivot to learn more about Hidden Layer's AI detection and response solution. (laughs) 
Okay, Scott, let's hear some predictions. I'm going to start, actually. Let me just say, mm-hmm. I predict Rupert Murdoch's going to sue me, and here's why. I wrote a series of texts uh, about Linkrod. It's called Linkrod, where when we left uh, News Corp, we wanted to buy the archive and feed of All Things D, and they wouldn't sell it to us because they wanted to, but then Rupert said no. Uh, actually, they went in to ask him and wouldn't do it. We were going to give him a lot of money. And one of the things we were worried about is the links dying, right? That this this amazing body of mm-hmm. work and videos and ton- videos with all the young moguls of the time were on there. And we and they promised to keep the links from rotting. And, and, and it wasn't that I thought they were necessarily malevolent. Is that when you re-platform all the time, things get broken, links get broken. And so I was very, mm-hmm. very worried at the time, made a lot of noise. We insisted. And the other thing that I was mad about is like they kept pushing whenever they went to All Things D, they went to WSJ tech sites. And I'm like, they didn't ask for that. They asked for All Things D. You, it's, it's disingenuous when you when people want something and then they get pushed somewhere else. And I thought it was really disingenuous. Anyway, it's a real problem for everyone. And there's a 2013 study that found almost half of the links cited in Supreme Court decisions were dead. It didn't lead anywhere. And so my archive is gone. And there's lots of solutions like there's archive.org, there's blockchain pitches and things like that. But I have some of these videos, which are historical as far as I'm concerned, some of them on my computer. Mm-hmm. I might just load them all up. Like I, Taylor Swift does own her songs. I might just load them up and mm-hmm. just say, put it. I'll put them everywhere. And sue me. Like, I, I don't know what else to say because it's really astonishing. They you made, will get sued though, Kara. I know that. But they made a an agreement to keep it up. And this is his – This is. it's not that it's better than anyone else, but they still have all things D really was there. I mean, and, do you have a signed legal agreement that, that they have to keep these things up? I've got to find it This now. is what you sound up. Yeah. You sound like Sylvester Stallone that just pitches yes. bitches and moans that he doesn't own Rocky. And the bottom line, he was an adult, and he signed it over to someone. I did, but it was also right. an agreement that said they were going to keep it and and not do the kind of creepy things they were doing with it. That was part of the agreement. And there, I have no— When you say creepy things, you mean you want them to keep it, keep those things up and live. No, no. I wanted them to right? archive them so when you click the link, it would go to them separately. This was the, I was worried about this very right. thing. And they agreed to do that. I have emails upon emails of them agreeing to do that after I yelled right. and yelled and yelled. Now they're not there. And they're, th- those people probably are gone that agreed to it. And so it's, it's, we've got to have a better solution t- to all these things right, just Pete. disappearing. And I'm not t- I, I know what we sold. We did try to buy it. Then we got them to agree to do it. And then they didn't. And we have no recourse at this point at all. There's no recourse mm-hmm. whatsoever. And I'm not I'm not bitching and moaning. I think that ranks right up there with your BMW being stolen. No, no, oh no, no, you're bitching and moaning. No, no, I'm bitching and moaning problems. because this is stuff that is gone now and it's it happens all over the yeah. internet and who owns it. Yeah. And besides the fact that they tried to like use it as a marketing opportunity for themselves, which is gross. Fine, whatever. It's still gross. I mean capitalist. Oh my God, I can't believe they do that. No, no. That's no. the least gross thing News Corp will do today, Kara. When no, when you search for something, you should go to it with disclosure, like we've taken it over and we want to push you over here. It's this come on. They they yell at Got tech it. companies for doing these things and then do it themselves. Anyway, yeah. it's really disappointing. Sorry, that's my my prediction is we're gonna get into some sort of wrangle with them in some fashion. Thank some you. Some sort of wrangle. You'd be mad if seven years of your work got like disappeared but go ahead go ahead uh i agree with you and i not only that i'm i'm there is some what i'll call historic value or you know to to those interviews especially mark zuckerberg sweating but oh that's still up but go ahead sorry my prediction is that on tiktok i think there's so much money on the line here and you have big american vc firms involved i think sequoia's an investor Mm -hmm. i think uh i don't know the general Atlantic partners anyways there's so much money on the line here because TikTok is the most ascendant tech platform mm-hmm. likely ever. Yep. It's probably worth right now, if you try to put a value on it, somewhere between half a bill, half a trillion and a trillion dollars, maybe even more because mm-hmm. uh, the metrics are just so staggering. There's so much money here that one of two things is going to happen. They're either going to figure out some sort of... You summarized it perfectly in our last uh, episode. You said, we have to separate ownership from the product. And that is, it's an amazing product, but we're probably justifiably, in my view, never going to be very comfortable with this type of product and its its level of success with Mm -hmm. the current ownership. That's correct. I think they're going to do something fairly dramatic here, Mm. either a spin or American investors or American entities will will be sold uh, a majority stake or quote unquote, the ownership will be expunged from 
parties or entities linked to China. If they don't do that because there's so much money on the line, it means they couldn't and we should be worried. And you're probably going to see for some of the right and quite frankly, some of the wrong reasons, uh, American regulators use it as a punching bag to come in and do something very heavy handed, which I would argue is probably not the right thing. And we'll, I think there's been some good discussion online. We'll distract from some of the privacy issues that continue to plague us around the other platforms. But there's going to be, in the next 90 days, we're either going to see uh, a fairly dramatic change in ownership structure, or we're going to see um, regulation proposed that is like Trump, that is Trump-like. Yeah. It says, we're not down with you being here. Yeah. Uh, in the United States. Yeah. Trump certainly uh, had highlighted this, but the way he did it was wrong. And it made it a, into a laughable thing when it was a very, at the time I said, this is a very serious issue and 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 the clown show is pushing it, which is a problem in, the, in a clown show way. But I, I agree with you. I think this is going to be a real problem for them. And I, I don't, well, although I don't- It think might get acquired. That, yeah. I don't think the Chinese government will, will, unless they think the jig is entirely up, they are not going to let their hands off of this. I just don't see that. It's too, it's too good. It, until and they maybe they think they can wear us down to just not pay attention. Well, you know what solves kind of solves all problem hmm. is if Microsoft acquires it. Well, that was tried, right? Remember, Trump wanted a vague. Well, it, no, tr- they weren't acquiring it. Trump was decide carving it up like birthday cake, yeah. deciding who got what. Yeah, and th- there's laws against that. Mm-hmm. But uh, Oracle can't afford it. I don't think Oracle doesn't have the market right. cap because this thing is worth five hundred billion to a trillion dollars. Yeah, uh, but if but if I don't think Facebook could do it. I'm not sure Google could do it for antitrust right. concerns. But if Microsoft came in and said, look, we're very good at technology. Mm-hmm. We have a history of working with our defense departments. We understand your security concerns. What about Apple? I don't think Apple wants to be in that business. Well, I know. They are not, I wouldn't say they're not a good acquirer, but I think they have decided that unless it's a perfect seamless fit, we don't acquire yeah. companies because our culture is so, yeah, so powerful. Yeah, right. I'm just saying and, that they have... They have talent in But China. that would kind of solve the problem here. And and not only that, give the economic reward to some incredibly creative people who deserve that economic reward. That's a big lift for Microsoft. For the most ascendant platform in history, I would take that risk. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. I would take that risk. I think risk. you and I should buy it. Let's find some money. Let's do that. <laughs> That's always your solution. After your after after your stint as FCC commissioner? No, not FCC. It's a whole new thing. The Department of Information. I'd make it scary looking. I'd wear severe black clothing and I call myself T-Rag. You know all the reporters are right features. It just staggers the imagination people have erotic dreams about either of us when you when you talk that way. T-Rag. Even though you are wearing my clothes. I'm enjoying your clothing. This is so not coming back to you. It's really just I just am warning you right now. Anyway. Read us out, Scott. That's the show. We'll be back on Tuesday (laughs) with more Pivot. I will be home soon, honey. Read us out. Today's show was produced by Lara Naiman, Evan Angle, and Taylor Griffin. Ben Woods engineered this episode. Thanks also to Drew Burrows and Neil Severio. Make sure you subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening to Pivot from New York Magazine and Vox Media. We'll be back next week for another breakdown of all things tech and business. Put a chocolate on a friend's pillow when they're staying with you. It's the little things, Kara. It's the little things. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder. But you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.